0: You're listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. All right, let's look at point one. The, The question he proposed, let's see what this is. He said Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi and he said to his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Now, in this story, over the last months, before he was in this position, Jesus and his group of ragtag disciples have moved from being anonymous to now being in the public eye. And Jesus is preparing them for the next chapter, letting them know that the best and the worst is yet to come. Now, see, a lot of people in our world love to remain anonymous because there's no accountability in that. But when you move from being anonymous to being in front of people, all of a sudden there's an expectation and there's accountability. This idea of a, being anonymous it reminds me of a story I heard about a lady who came a little late to a church service, and she asked the usher, "When you seat me on the front row? And the usher said, listen, I'm going to be honest with you, I will take you up there, but I don't think you want to sit on the front row because our pastor's pretty boring, and he might put you to sleep, and that would be embarrassing to you. And she said, "So do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? And he responded, no, ma'am, I don't. She said, I'm the pastor's mother. <laughs> and he responded, after a moment of embarrassment, he looked at her and said, ma'am, do you know who I am? And she said, I don't. He said, thank God. And then he walked off. <laughs> so, just, But see, the, the disciples uh, and Jesus, they are no longer on the grid. I mean, off the grid. They're no longer anonymous in, the, in this area. They're at the forefront of the public eye. And Jesus is preparing them for what they're about to encounter. So let's look at the question he is asking. He's saying there's a lot of talk around town about me and about you. People are trying to figure out who I am and what I'm about. So I'm asking you, as my friends, what do you hear people saying? Now, first thing you need to know, there's actually part of an answer in this question. If you didn't notice, there's this phrase called Son of Man that Jesus calls himself. See, this title, the Son of Man, refers to an Old Testament vision that was given by the prophet Daniel. And Daniel gets this vision of, of the throne room of God. And on the throne room of God is someone he calls the Ancient of Days, which is God the Father. And someone comes to the Ancient of Days, God the Father, and walks up as one like the Son of Man. And he is then given authority to go to the world and judge it. The Son of Man is a heavenly being, a heavenly person who in the vision goes down to earth for a visit and serves as a judge. And then he returns back to God. To live in the presence of God after being on the earth. This is what Jesus is identifying himself as when he says, Who do they say the Son of Man is? Look at our quote in our our bulletin at the very beginning of the order of worship. It's a quote by R.C. Sproul. Because sometimes there's confusion over this idea of the Son of Man. He says this, We tend to think that Jesus calling himself the Son of Man is an expression of humility when in fact it was a claim of divine authority. So this is in this question that he's asking them. He's kind of giving them a little insight to what he, who this was coming from. But now let's turn to the disciples' answer of what the people said about him. Let's look at point number two, the answers that people gave. And they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Others, uh, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he said to them, who do you say that I am? Now I think the disciples here are being a little nice to Jesus. I think they're practicing a little restraint. Because what they said here, they had heard some other things about Jesus. Some of the other answers that probably went through their mind is like, what are people saying about you? Uh, they're probably calling you know, a poser, fake, delusional, a heretic. But the disciples went the kind route of saying, well, some are calling you a teacher. Some are calling you a prophet. Now notice, Jesus is not asking, who do you say I am as a sign of ignorance? He knows all things. He knows what people were talking about. He knows knows what the disciples thought about him. Uh, The question was not motivated by some vanity or he wasn't fishing for a compliment here. Rather, it was Aimed at this, and this is what you need to realize. It aimed at provoking the disciples to consider their level of knowledge and even more their level of faith about who Jesus was and what he is saying. The immediate results of this question, we're going to see this in a minute, make it clear why he actually asked this when he did. So Jesus starts the conversation. He asks him, Who did the crowd say I am? In response, the disciples tell him about the various things that they had heard, pointing to the fact that the crowds did think that Jesus was someone special. I mean, they had heard the miracles. They had seen these things happening. Uh, But the crowds' guesses were all wrong. So Jesus then directs the question to the disciples of who do you say I am? In other words, are you following the crowd? Do you have the superficial knowledge of who I am or or do you know me at all? Are you going to stick with conventional wisdom of what people are saying about me and who I am and, and what I am? Do you think that I'm just a nice teacher or some provocative prophet? Or my disciples, my friends, do you have another, more insightful answer? What do you really think? Well, let's look at point three, the answer that Jesus loved. So after they ask the question, Simon Peter speaks up first. Simon Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God and jesus answered him blessed are you simon barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed this seed, but my father who is in heaven so jesus asked the question who do you my closest friends say that i am and he receives the correct and divinely inspired response from peter it was the right answer Peter gives the answer, but, the Peter, but it's not from Peter. You notice that? It says it's from God. God. God had given him that knowledge, that wisdom, and the faith to believe that. This marks a turning point in Jesus' teaching ministry with his disciples. From this point on, when, when they make this pr- profession of faith, when they say, Jesus, we believe this, this is who we say you are, Jesus, at this point, is going to uh, give them additional information It's going to be hard for them to hear, and it's going to be shocking for them to hear, The verses after this, we don't have it in the past today, but basically say this. From that time, Jesus began to explain to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. He must suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. He was going to die. He was going to leave them. See, Jesus refrained from telling his disciples about the death and the resurrection until they had reached an important milestone Namely, until their faith got to the extent to where they could express their conviction that he truly was the Son of God. And they needed to get be reminded of this before life got as crazy as it was going to get. See, when we enter times in our life that are out of control, uh, that we just feel like it's just testing our faith, we have to be reminded to go back to the things that we know to be true. About Jesus, about Christianity, about the things that God has called us to do and provided us with. When the disciples heard that that Jesus was going to die and leave them, how they handled it was going to depend on to what extent they believed and knew Jesus to be. Knowing that he is the Son of God, they should be, should be able to trust him, even to the point of accepting his death and even their own death later, without being shaken. Jesus' question today of who do you say I am is a great example of his teaching methods, and we've seen this time and time again, because when you ask a question, you're wanting engagement. It promotes thinking. It draws out a thoughtful response. And every day, we are called to grow in our faith as Jesus is asking us, who do you say I am? See, there's always more to know about Jesus. If you don't realize this, you're always going to be stuck, and you will never grow in your faith. But here's the thing in the end. I think Jesus is asking the same question of you and I today, especially during this Christmas season. <clears throat> See, just like Jesus asked the disciples during his time on the earth, Jesus is asking each of us every day, who do you say that I am? See, the world around us is trying to downplay everything that Jesus is about. As we said last week, they love serving Jesus. They don't like authority in Jesus. Uh, and so the world is just trying to say, okay, I, I can, I can see him being a, a nice moral teacher, or even at worst, the world around is saying he is a man that suffered from a mental disorder. He's delusional. However, when we say in our hearts in our minds and even out loud that Jesus is our Lord and our God, we are making a radical transition in our lives of coming to the point of accepting him as he is, not bits and pieces, not just the parts that we like about him, Jesus asked this question because he wants to know if we believe that he is the Messiah, our Savior, our Lord. We have a choice that we can either agree with Peter that he's the Messiah, the Savior of our soul, or we can follow along with the culture of the world and make Jesus out to be someone that he is just not. Jesus' question today pushes us deeper in our faith and in our knowledge. So right here, during this Advent season leading up to Christmas, we are all personally confronted with the question of who is Jesus and what role does he play in our lives? It's not really even a test of faith as much as it is a call to reclaim day the relationship that you have with Jesus. I'm not asking you this morning, do you know Jesus? That's not the question. I'm saying, what is the depth of your knowledge that you have? And are you willing to admit that he plays not only a role in a general way as Lord of the earth, but Lord of your life, to guide you, to lead you, to love you, even be in charge. You giving up control, even being in charge of your life decisions on an every moment, everyday basis. That's the, ta- the the question that we need to contemplate as we come to the table this morning. Let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, for just reminding us that uh, the depth of who you are. So many times in my own life, uh, I love Jesus uh, in the manger, the little baby, same Italian. I do not want to submit to you being the Lord of my life. Help us all in that. Help us not to take just bits and pieces of who you are or just have this one-dimensional Jesus in our life that's just here to serve us whenever we want it, out of convenience but that we won't submit our lives to the authority of what you say and what you call us to do. Help us to grow in our faith. Help us to grow in our knowledge of who you are. And uh, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 10:30 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.